Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rick J. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, January 16th, 2023. We are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter We Agnostics on page 55, the third paragraph, beginning with, we finally saw that faith and reading through, it was so with us. Today's readers are Ginger C. and the 12 Steps, Kelly K., the 12 Traditions, and our big book readers are Susan S. H. in the text, Penny E., page 164, and Anna A. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Loretta M., and our second-hour moderator is Maria F. The share ID for Sunday, January 15, 2023, is 19,855. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Ginger C. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. I think that was supposed to be food. My apologies. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of the we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Ginger C. from Colorado. All right, I'll now ask Kelly Kay to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Hey, this is Kelly Kay, 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are both trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting to coining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such shall never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I'll give you a gentle reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter We Agnostics on page 55, the third paragraph, beginning with, we finally saw that faith, and reading through, it was so with us. I will now ask Susan S.H. to begin reading. Thank you. Good morning, Rick. This is Susan S.H. in St. Mary's, Ohio, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. Um, what um, what a wonderful paragraph to read. Um, I I was uh, up a great deal with my higher power last night because I got some news that that was kind of sad and well, yeah. I, I it's just it's amazing how in 
times of turmoil is my, it's my nature now to turn to my higher power. Um, in the margin of the book, I've got HP was there. I didn't know. And I find it so. Um, what, what came up as my higher power, because I came in without really bringing a higher power with me than I knew, um, was what I had, what I had heard and what I desired the most in a higher power was unconditional love. And that's, that's what I find when I am disturbed. That is what I find. I find comfort. I find guidance. And, and I can always go to the book for directions. Um, I am just very grateful to go from the first time reading this and thinking, eh, maybe, eh, maybe. But I was willing to try. And by using the directions in the book, the directions from a higher power, I, I have just so come to believe that this higher power can return me to sanity every time, every time my disease wants me to slip into the wood. I'm very grateful to be here today, very grateful to read this and to share it. And, yeah, I hope someone really needs to hear this paragraph as much as I did today. I pass. Thank you for getting us started, Susan. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share what was read? Charles H. Christina J. Okay, I heard Pedro, Pedro, Charles, Christina. Okay. Who is this? Loretta H. Okay, got Loretta. R. Elena C. Elena C. All right, hold on, guys. So I think I missed some people, but so for anyone who's already said your name, I'm, I just want everybody to stop. So no new ones if you haven't already given your name. So this is who I've got: Pedro B, Charles H, Christina J, Loretta H, Prisca R, and Elena C. Now, who did I miss? Somebody in that first Chris. lineup? Chris. Chris. G. Chris G. In Tennessee. Anybody else? Chris, did I get the right initial of your last name? G. Yep, gotcha. All right, anybody else in that first lineup? I think we're going to stop right there unless I miss somebody else. All right, so here's who I've got. Pedro B., Charles H., Christina J., Loretta H., Prisca R., Elena C., and Chris G. Pedro, you're up first, brother, followed by Charles H. Go ahead, Pedro. And remember to conclude your state when you introduce yourself. Pedro B, uh, go ahead and hit star one to unmute. Can you can you hear me? Uh, uh, I got you. I got you now. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, my name is Pedro B. I am a compulsive overeater, and I live in San Bernardino, California. You know, um, that statement to me is one of the most 
important statement uh, in the big book, this uh, phrase, uh, we found the great reality deep down within us. Um, you know, what that tells me is that the great reality is another word for God. Uh, so this is uh, an inner God, you know. Um, so um, uh, my friend says that, you know, his God is personal, his God is powerful, and his God is, is perfect. You know, so um, this great reality that if, you know, there's a line, my friend points out, there's a line in, uh, first of all, on page 45, it says, uh, uh, well, that's exactly what this book is about. It's main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, that which will solve your problem. So if, if, if this great reality is deep down within me, then there's the power. All I need to do is make a connection to that power, right? So that's what I've been trying to do, to have a, a relationship with this power that will solve my problem. And, and he's doing a good job. You know, I'm doing my part, and he's doing his. You know, I am responsible for my food plan uh, and, uh, and my action plan. He's responsible to take care of the rest of my life. It's kind of simple, you know. Uh, Big Book tells me that uh, uh, most good ideas are simple, and this is a very simple idea. And then, in 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 how it works, I believe, is where where it says, uh, "Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there's one who has all power. That one is God. May you find Him now." So, what that means to me is that. If I uh, if I can find me now, it's because at any moment I can go, God, so what do I do now? What do I do now? So that means that God is always with me. All I need is a connection with his power. And and to, you know, I basically what I do is no matter what, I don't eat my alcoholic foods, and, I, and I, I ask this power to help me keep that promise. And that's working for me today. Thank you for letting me share. Uh, thank you, Pedro. It's so good to see you out in, in California. Um, Charles H., you're up next. Good seeing you too, brother, uh, followed by Christina J. Go ahead, Charles. Thank you very much, Rick. It was, it was great to see you. I'm, I'm Charles H., uh, recovered compulsive overeater, calling from Los Angeles, California, originally from Yonkers, New York, and my blood type is um, – <laughs> I'm crazy. Um yeah, so this is a great paragraph. Um, I want to drill down where it says we had to search fearlessly. Um, we found a great reality deep down inside of us. Within, yeah, within us. In the last analysis, it was there. These are the earmarks of the inventory process for me. And what is the great reality? Everybody has their own assessment of the great reality. For me, um, it's the buildup of human emotions. It, so I had, to, I had to search. It was deep down, very deep down under the binge foods. Deep down, buried, deep down inside of me. Because when I wasn't recovered and I was faking the jack for y'all to sound like, hey, da, 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 I'm so recovered, I'm Superman. There's kryptonite in there. There's lies. There's, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses to sound like, who I'm not, you know, going to conventions and, and eating trees and branches because y'all was skinny and I wanted to fit in. 
So the great reality for me is anxiety, fear, you know, um, feeling less than. We had to search fearlessly. I'm not like y'all. I'm I'm, I'm not like, I'm not saying I'm not like y'all. I'm a compulsive overeater. But my, my life is not like your life as far as like, hey, you know, I eat trees and branches because I want to be skinny. Just because someone is, over food and weight is not a problem, right? And that's my great reality. My other great reality is um, skinny is not well, right? And and I don't have a problem saying that. It, it's capital G, capital R. My great reality is I suffer from life. I don't suffer from food and weight anymore. You know, I, I suffer from slowing down. You know, a bit. I'm always, I'm I'm still on New York time. That's why I'm up. I'm not willing to give it back, going back. And it was amazing. It was great seeing Rick. It was great seeing Rita jump in the Pacific Ocean with three degrees weather in Cali. It was amazing. So with that, I pass. Have a great day. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> so, um, Christina J., you are up next, followed by Loretta H. Go ahead, Christina. Morning again, Rick. Morning, everyone. Christina J., State of North Carolina this morning, recovering. Thank God. This is a journey. Oh, boy, this is a journey. And I am so grateful to be on it because it's going to open me up, turn me inside out, and get rid of all that shit I've been carrying around for years. And where does it start? Step one, admitting I was powerless over food, dash, that my life is unmanageable. I don't even get to the unmanageable part until I get that food down. Food's in the way of everything. This step one is the chance to begin to practice faith. I can't keep the food down by myself. I got to have something do it for me, whether I believe in something or not. I got to reach out to fellows. I got to make calls. I got to do the work. That's putting faith in the program. That's practicing faith right out the bat. And I move along and I do all this other stuff and it covers a load of shit that I get to clean up. And now I start to get really uncomfortable. And if I don't keep doing this shit, I go back. And it's okay. It really is okay. For anybody out there that's ashamed of being in relapse or have suffered and doesn't want to say anything and feels like you just can't compete, it's not competition in here. It's walking together, knowing the pain of the food that keeps us from life, that keeps us from God, from keeps us from practicing that faith. How do I get to practice that faith today when the food calls? I get to say, God, help me, God, help me, God, help me, and turn away. No matter how weak I am, put my mind on something else, and boy, that disease is subtle. It wants to slide me back into the shithole. But the shithole looks good, you know, when I'm tempted. i got to know that I want this. A valued member says this is a program not for those who need it or want it, but those who do it, but i got to. I got to effing want this. I got to want it bad before I'm willing to do it. I got to know that pain so bad. And I got to, I got to kind of remember that pain because if I don't remember it, it fades away. Then I think, oh, well, one bite of this, one bite of that. You know, oh, I'm, I'm in emotional turmoil. I need this. Bullshit. This is life and death. Not necessarily death on the physical, I'm going to die tomorrow, but death of relationships death of myself, of living life fully before I die. I'm 64. How much longer am I going to F around with this? 
It's not a blame game. God wants me where I am. I'm learning so much, but I'm learning to walk with that faith and practice that faith. That's the thing. The faith is in me, but I got to ignite it by asking it for help, asking God for help, asking you for help. I'm not an island into myself, even though I think I am. I'm smart, talented, all that BS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big ego in there. Gentle reminder. Surrender and walk with you guys, and I love it. It's the most beautiful thing ever. Get on the train if you're out there in relapse or not, and join us. This is a kind, humble group. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thanks for sending your J. Loretta H., you're up next, followed by Chris Carr. Go ahead, Loretta. Thank you, Rick, and everybody on this line, along with my precious God, who does save my life every day. Loretta H., and I live in North Carolina. I would like to focus on, there's three words, faith, friend, fearless. Oh, sorry, there's four words, and the fact. And the fact is, I looked it up, is truth. And today my truth is that um, I came in as an agnostic, and God is my friend. He has saved me with the friendship of his presence, Every day when I tap into it every morning and on awakening, he has saved my life when I want to eat or not eat. He has saved my life when I wanted to drink or when I wanted to die. He has, he has saved my life. And um, it talks about I always the spiritual experience is so important to me because I came in, like I said, as an agnostic. And my idea of God was nil. And I did not have that bolt of lightning. And I thought, oh, my God, there's something wrong with me. I know I have spiritual imperfection. But I didn't know that that was what really, really works for a wretch like me. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unexpected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. And that's what happened to me. The first day I was honest and did an honest day's work and gave somebody my food and didn't lie about it, I was able to start this journey with Step one, I am powerless over food. I'm hopeless, but I'm not helpless. That dash and my life, that's why I'm here. My life is unmanageable. It's my life. It's not the food. It's never been the food, and it never will be the food. And so today, with God's grace and mercy, with I'm starting another step study. I started yesterday morning, and I bought a new big book. And I am going to start looking, refreshing, in a new light again. And I am so excited because this is what works. God, my 12 steps, practicing the principles of all my affairs, that's my abstinence. And my food plan is my tool, but I need them both because that is how God saves me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta H. Prisca, you're up next, followed by Elena C. Go ahead, Prisca. Okay. 
We have Rifka. Hi, good morning. I think it's Rifka. Yeah. Oh, Rifka. Go ahead. Rifka. R with the R. R I D K A. Hi. Good morning. Thanks so much. Um, Rifka R in Baltimore, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater. Yeah, that line, we found the great reality deep down within us. I also have the great illusion deep down inside. Um, I, believe, I, I believe that's the way I was created because I'm human. That's like just the human condition. Uh, and the, the question that I need to ask myself is, what am I going to surrender to today? Because I, I find that for myself what I focus on becomes my reality. So when I focus on the great reality, I become peaceful and joyful and do things, do the things that bring me peace, um, health, connection. And when I focus on the great illusion, I become self-destructive and hurtful to myself and others. And the great, that great illusion used to be my, my great reality. I heard someone say once, it's like being at the Grand Canyon with a bag over your head. I love that analogy. Like, all I can see is myself. You know, more food seems like it's going to make me feel more satisfied, even though it never did. It just got me more sick. Blaming and judging others seems so justified. And resentment only destroyed whatever happiness was available through connection. My worth was connected with the size of my thighs. And it's a miserable way to live. It's taken a long time to, to learn that when I feel discomfort inside, discomfort with life, it's only to show me what I'm focusing on, that I'm focusing on the great illusion. And throughout the years when, I, when you know, I've been in and out of relapse, thank God it's been over two years back, uh, in connection with the great reality. Um, but in the years when I was you know, in relapse, it would feel like I was on one side of the Grand Canyon and, like, recovery was on the other side of the Grand Canyon, and, like, there was no way across. There was no way I was getting across. But all I had to do was take the bag off my head, admit my total, total powerlessness and unmanageability, and surrender to the great reality. And then I was on the other side, like, poof. (laughs) Um, So thank you. God and everyone on this line that uh, I can take the bag off my head. I can be on the side of, of life. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Riskar. Elena C., you're up next, followed by Chris G. Go ahead, Elena. Good morning. Can you hear me? Sure can. Yeah, so good morning, everyone. Thank you, moderator. My name is Elena C. I spell my name E-L-E-N-A. C, recovered overeater from South Carolina, originally from Romania, actually. So, you know, these two paragraphs are just amazing for me. And um, when I, I remember... Um, a psychologist introduced me to an idea of God within, you know, and I thought at that time, oh, holy guacamole, where did this woman go to school to say such a stupid thing? You know, it was incomprehensible for me. I I, I just could not grasp that. Um, 
And then even my exposure to the 12 steps um, at the beginning for many years, you know, it's, I just, I didn't get that. Um, So then this book is actually one that solidify, solidify this idea of God within this, you know, knowing of God within, but not only that, my experience of God within, my experience of God within. What I like to, um, I like this paragraph that it says great reality, you know. So I was very self-unaware because I believe that who I am is my low self-worth, who I am was my anger, who I am was like the fact that I judge people, all right? Guess what? That's not who I am. That is not who I am. The great reality means the truth, the absolute truth that I am much more than self, low self-worth, than anger, than judgment, than fear. I am, in, I am deep deep down to my very core, I have God. I have God. And the 12 steps have helped me to, like, that energy to come out and, in, in, you know, to my organs, to my skin, and not only that, but to the world. You know, I can, when in conscious context, I can give this to the world. I can give this to the world. And so it's, it's also very, it, it just helps me have compassion for others. And because I know that this great reality also lives in others. It's in others. And so I, what I see that others are doing, shooting, you know, like killing people, that's not God. That's not great reality. There probably is their character defect that have not been removed from one form of another and character defects can be very intense and extreme you know and i am very very grateful for that this realization and with that i'll pass thank you thank you elena christy you're up next and we'll get some more names go ahead chris thank you rick Okay, so uh, thank everybody that shared. The shares are great, absolutely great. I am so excited about this paragraph. And I also, uh, I my name is Chris. I spell it K-R-I-S. I live in Tennessee, and I am glad to be here. Uh, look, looking at my experience, looking at the beginning of my uh, 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 OA experience, I remember uh, looking at the 12 steps on the wall, and trying to figure them out, and they didn't make any sense. But the first thing I did with a pen and a piece of paper was change the we to I. And I wrote the steps down with what I was going to do, and I just took the we right out of it, and that cost me a lot of years. So um, this says, we finally saw that faith in some kind of God was part of our makeup. So what did, was God lost? It says where God is found. Was God lost? No, no. I was looking for God outside. I wasn't looking for God deep within. I was looking for God outside. And who is the we? Well, my sponsor is part of the we. My fellows are part of the we. 
those who attend meetings are part of the we, and those who do service are part of the we. So we uh, find faith. I see faith when I look at other people. I see, oh, yeah, they know what they're talking about. Faith is a knowing in my heart. I'm thinking about being open to God and and being closed-minded. Closed-minded is my opinion. Closed-minded is sometimes dishonest. Open-minded is is outside of the intellect and into the whole person, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And open-minded is living in this 24 hours, not the past, not the future. So um, in some ways, this is about working the steps, but we found the great reality deep down within this is about the honesty of, of, of a child who, who has faith in their parents. Uh, the honesty that's deep down within us that we sort of forget about as we become adults. And with that, I pass. All right. Thank you so much, Chris G. Uh, before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter We Agnostics on page 55. The third paragraph beginning with, we finally saw that faith, reading through, it was so with us. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. We also like to share today. Jen A. from Florida. Jen A. from Florida. Yes. Gotcha. Anybody else? You guys are taking it easy on me today. Let's go ahead and get some more people on the second line up here and keep it going. Hey, Harry K. Well, there was nothing and then everything, so <laughs> I didn't get any of that. Terry K. Terry K. Okay, who? What was the um, the G? Somebody G. Sharon D. Well, I got okay. Sharon D. And then also somebody G. Well, I might be hearing things. Heidi H. Heidi, gotcha. Lynette M. Somebody M. Who is that? Annette. Annette M. Okay. David M. David M. All right. We're going to hold off there. Unless I miss somebody that already had given your name. Did anybody give their name and I didn't hear them in this second lineup? Okay. All right. So I've got Jen A, from Carrie K, Heidi H, Sharon D, Anel, Annette M, David M. And who is the person who just came on just right now? Lee H. Lee H. All right, Lee. All right. So try to get to everybody. Jen A, you're up next first, followed by Carrie K. Go ahead, Jen. Jen, hit star one to mute. 
Thank you so much. This is Jen A. from Florida, compulsive overeater, recovered for today by God's grace. So grateful for you all in this meeting. Um, so, so much enjoy this paragraph. When I came to OA just at Thanksgiving this last year, I <clears throat> I came with the faith, but reading through this chapter with my sponsor really showed me that God just makes himself known in so many ways to others. And I always knew that God was willing to help me with everything in my life, even my eating, but I didn't know how to let him. And so I'm so grateful for this program and for my sponsor. I love that she tells me that my weight is God's business and I need to know what my business is and do my part. And I'm just so grateful for that. And thank you so much for letting me share an iPad. All right. Thank you, Jen A. From Florida, Carrie K., you're up next, followed by Heidi H. Go ahead, Carrie. Hi, my name's Terry K. I'm from Long Island. Um, this chapter, The Agnostics, I never thought of myself. I'm, you know, I've always believed in a God. Um, but I'm just finding through OA um, and through this group, I'm establishing a relationship. It's like, you know, what's the sense of believing if you don't really use it or interact or have a relationship? Um, so I will pass on that. Thank you. All right, thank you, Terry Kay. Heidi H., you're up next, followed by Sharon D. Go ahead, Heidi. Good morning, family. Heidi H. here from uh, outside Chicago in Illinois in a hotel room in Los Angeles. Grateful to be here. Thank you for your service, and uh, I appreciate all the comments. I'm sitting here in the silence in the hotel room and Rick is asking for people and in the silence, when I allow that, that is when my higher power gives me a message to, I think it's time for you to to speak. And I don't do that here. And God has been telling me over the weekend that I need to be visible and vocal in terms of not with ego, but with uh, just being heard. Uh, I've been doing a lot of listening. Um Inside every man, woman, and child is the seed of God planted. And I think that's beautiful. And I'm always looking for comfort. And it it is the great comforter, my higher power. And that's all I ever wanted. And through the years of program, when the food didn't work and the other chemicals didn't work, that's where I found comfort. And when it didn't, God made himself available uh, when I was able to be still and to be quiet. But also inside every man, woman, and child is an allergy that could get triggered. That is my disease. So to every day look at my higher power and to be still and to know that that is where I get my comfort and to try to turn to that first uh, through the tools and the actions that I see of my fellow brothers and sisters has been amazing. I just have to say that this weekend, I got a bigger toolbox, and my heart has been opened, and I watched people walk the walk, and those who needed comfort and struggled come and be courageous, and that is God, and that is love. So the Alpha and the Omega, for me, the Holy, the holy Comforter, just any Comforter, uh, you know, I will, my biggest form of comfort is jumping into the future. When I don't think I'm okay, and I got woken up today about, oh, my God, you got to get on a plane. you got to get back to work. Work is a gift 
that God has given me that I'm grateful for, but every anxiety that I have, and that's where things get triggered, or fear, I jump into the future and try to think myself out of it, but then it's much quicker these days that I go back to, you are everything, God, and I give you everything and everybody. Take a deep breath, my shoulders go down, and I know all as well. So grateful to meet you all, love you all. What an opportunity to grow, and I'll keep coming back. All right, thank you. Heidi H., Sharon D., you're up next, followed by Annette M. Go ahead, Sharon. I'm D, and um, this is my first time sharing at this meeting. I've been in OA maybe a week, and... So sharing on this subject for me is, um, fortunately, I have been in another program and learned that God can keep me sober and free one day at a time if I am indeed following what's prescribed for me to do so. And so I'm looking, um, hopefully, at my sponsor here who's listening and um yeah, mostly I have struggled with bulimia since I was 16, and I'm over 50, that's all I'll say. So I am just, you know, it's been about a week for me that I haven't had any purging, and I'm just hopeful, and I'm thankful, and I'm looking to see how I can turn to my higher power, who I choose to call God to help me to follow the different parts of this program that may be are difficult for me. That's it for me. Thank you all for sharing and being a help. Oh, and I'm from Maine. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sharon. Annette M., you're up next, followed by David M. Go ahead, Annette. Annette, hit star one to unmute, please. Annette, we can't Hi, hear you. Is, okay, yeah, Rick, sorry, can you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you now. Okay, yeah, and this is Monette M. It's M-O-N-E-T-T-E, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Oklahoma. And it's when someone said, yeah, they hadn't shared very much or whatever, and oh my gosh, I'm laying in bed listening to the podcast, I mean, listening to the phone call, and then I know anytime my heart starts beating, God's like, okay, you need to get up and you need to share, and so, and this is, you know, it's not about me. This is all about him and the miraculous things that I've um, gotten out of the way and allowed um, my creator, my great reality, um, my God to do. And so, yeah, I, you know, born with a spiritual disease, the spiritual malady that I have this longing on the inside of me. And I know it's for my, for me, it's for my creator, but I don't, I don't know that. And so I, I'm growing up and, and life happens and I have self-imposed crises that I bring upon myself. And like it says, the calamity, you know, scared by calamity and, um, and having to search fearlessly. Yeah, that uh, fearless and moral inventory. I come in here and um, I don't know anybody that's excited about doing that when we first get here, but I'm, I'm with you guys and you guys have all done it. You seem to be living um, with some hope and some faith and some joy that I've never had. So I'm just willing, you know, to do, willing to go to any length. I'm willing to do um, what I have to do to, to find this great reality. And so I have a note in the margin that my sponsor gave me 
when we were going through this um, chapter and, and this paragraph, when it says, sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there, capital H. And my sponsor pointed out to me, sometimes the search is not for him. He's always been inside of me, but the search is to rid myself of the things that obscure me from the natural relationship that I have with my creator for me, which is my inheritance. And that's what I get from this program. And I was absent for a long time and, and had a sense of joy and peace for about eight years. And then I got back into the food. And after 18 months, man, I had gained some weight back, but not the whole 150 pounds that I'd lost. And what drove me back, what, what got me back to my knees and crying out to the God of my understanding was, was missing his presence and was missing the fact because I had, I had clogged up, you know, that pipeline by choosing things. I say I'm a pleasure-seeking missile. And like, yes, I'm looking on the outside of myself, people, places, and things, you know, food and drugs, alcohol, the whole thing. I'm clean and sober. I'm abstinent today. And man, I have a relationship with God that, yeah, I can lay in bed listening to you guys. And then when my heart starts beating, that's part of that whole thing of, you know, how I get a relationship with my God when, when he starts speaking to me that way by accelerating my heart and I know I need to get up and I need to share this great reality of who he is and the beautiful thing is available to each and every one of us that we are all his kids. So, so grateful to be here. Thanks for letting me share. All right. Thank you so much, Monette. Sorry, everybody. I'm getting the names pretty messed up today, but thanks for your patience with me. David M., you're up next, followed by Lee H. Go ahead, David. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Rick. I'm glad to be here. Could you hear me okay on, the, on these headphones? I can hear you fine. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've always been religious. Uh, I've always known God. I don't, I've never been agnostic. Um, but I do. I did find, I, you know, I did find, you know, a spiritual awakening. Uh, um, it's just like in the... Um, Book, the big book, where uh, he was, you know, hopeless. He felt like hopeless. He felt like, you know, um, you know, the doctor was saying, you know, you're hopeless. You know, he felt like he found a, you know, the doctor. There's like a, a solution where he's like, is there a solution? He's like, yeah. I mean, you have to find a awakening. He's like, oh, people, you know, he's like, oh, I go to church. This and that. But it's more, you know, you need, yeah, you, it's not just going to church, you know, it's finding a, a spiritual awakening, finding, finding that, uh, you know, that personal relationship with God. And I found that through coming to, you know, coming to him through this program. And like when I, you know, I really need him. Like, it's just like, when I go to work every day and I go to these, I have to go in the break or go somewhere and there's cookies and there's things there. I'm like, God, I need you. I need you now. You know, I just, I just, I don't just need you when I want to fancy something or another. And, uh, or if I want a promotion, I, just, I need you to be with me, to help me, to strengthen me. Uh, I need you to feed me, um, and, uh, help me be the, you know, um, my my wife, she's in the program, and um, you know, I need to be strong. You know, I need to be strong for us. I, I it can't be a weak link. I can't I can't fail. You 
know, I, I need to, I need to move on. I need, I need to be strong for us, and I need to um, be that. Uh, you know, uh, in the, the Bible, God says, you know, the, the father, the father is the head of the household spiritually. You have to protect your family spiritually. You know, and uh, that's that's. In, I'm like God. I need you. I need to protect my family. I need you to help me to strengthen me. So I can be spiritually strong and um, get through this. But he's there, you know. And I felt like I said uh, through this program, through the steps, I was able to get close to him and find him. And um, yeah, uh, that's, that's all I passed. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Florida, David. I'm from Florida, and um, thank you for listening. All right, thank you, David M. Please. Uh... H, Lee H. Sorry, we're uh, you're up next, and I'll get a couple more names. Go ahead, Lee. Awesome, thanks so much. This is Lee H. in Tennessee, recovered, and so grateful this morning. And this paragraph is kind of matches up with the one on page 100 at the top about just how when we progress in our spiritual life, life is so much more than we could ever ask or imagine. And I love the um, statement that he is as much a fact as we were. And he certainly is. And just like so many people have said already on the line, that um, I thought he was kind of a mean God, and I really didn't want much to do with him. And he was only there when I did something wrong, and I felt his condemnation. And um, my God has become a friend and he's become uh, so much more than I could ever ask or imagine. And it's only through this program that I found him. And now I live in faith, and my faith is being built, and I live from faith to faith, and um, I'm learning to live in my discomfort, which comes, you know, that's life. That's reality, too. But um, I can live with God in my discomfort, and then he... <clears throat> shows me it's just for a season, and this too shall pass, and bless them change me. He's just given me so many treasures through this program. So I just had to speak up because I haven't been on the line in a while, and uh, I'm grateful for everybody here and for your service, and I'll pass. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Lee. All right. I've got time for a couple more uh Two and a half minute shares. Who would like to take those? Pamela P from Pennsylvania. I think I heard Pamela P, and then who else? Trisha G. Okay, Trisha. What was initially your last name, Trisha? G, as in girl. Okay, Pamela P. You're up, followed by Trisha. Go ahead, Pamela, and don't forget to include your state. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Pamela P from Pennsylvania. Um, so, yeah, so I know uh, once my spiritual, my relationship with God do affect my eating disorder uh, thing. But I, I, I would have a relationship with God, but when I the food come first place, it's a very, very strong addiction. Um, so I'm just glad I able to vent my feelings and what bothered me, and I could do everything right with the program and the food could 
fear come up. It's a very hard addiction sometimes. Um, right now, I am struggling. I am not in re- currently not in recovery. I lost my recovery somewhere in December, and I'm really working hard to get it back, but it, it, it just hasn't been easy. And I've been gaining weight a lot this year, so I'm really trying to change things or do things a little more or something. I didn't know if I continue working the program. One day I pray it will click and I get my recovery back. But um, this disease is very scary, a constant battle between God's program and this disease. And, you know, I'm also learning to balance the program with my partner and with my life. Uh, I put all all the program in good, but other parts of my life that need to be uh, addressed to and, you know, take time with. So I'm just learning to balance the program. But I'm not giving up because of God. Uh, God made miracles, and we are miracles. So I'm just praying to God. I get my recovery back. The day I had a, a good conversation with my partner, so I, I decided to eat something different for breakfast. And it will count what my food plan, but I, when some, my, my mind own things, thank you, when my mind own things, sometimes it's hard for me to, you know, uh, contract with the food real good. So that's pretty much what I'm going to say. Thank you to let me have a voice today. I pass. Thank you, Pamela. P. Christian G., take us out. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for your service. This is Trisha G. I spell it T-R-I-C-I-A. I'm from Washington State and recovered compulsive overeater. My first year in program, I re- because I came in agnostic, I was searching for the definition of what God was and really tried to define it. I've been a black and white thinker, and that wasn't working for me. Um, I was trying to force it. And then I began to surrender, and I started praying, help me to be willing and help me to be teachable. What I discovered for me was the concept of God, the concept of showing up to be in service, to be loving, to be kind, to not try to control everything and everyone. That was how I operated before surrendering was thought that everybody who told me any problem that they ever had wanted my solution, wanted me to fix it. And that was very stressful. That led me to food. When I realized that's not what they were asking, that people want connection, and I want connection, that's when I started feeling peace and um, not being in the food became easier. I still don't have a definition of God, but I don't need one. I just know that I'm not in control of outcomes. I'm not in control of anything. I just need to do the work of showing up. And part of that work right now is being guided to to connect. I've been listening on my way to work to the recording. Thank you. I connect to this meeting um, because that's when I listen to it. So here I am at 4.30 in the morning calling this line because this is the 
the meeting that I feel the most connection to. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Trisha G. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, January 16th, 2023, is 19,856. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Penny E. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thanks, Rick. This is Penny E. Recovered in South Jersey. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.